In an era when sugar is widely seen as enemy number one, sugar-free drinks and treats sweetened with low-calorie additives promise guilt-free sweetness. Now, some people deliberately choose low-sugar options in the hope of losing weight or managing diabetes. Others just enjoy the taste. But even if you aren't seeking them out, it's hard to avoid artificial sweeteners. The rise of sweeteners is in part a sign of the spectacular success of sugar taxes, which have been introduced in more than 40 countries since 2010. Now, by 2019, 60% of all the soft drinks sold by Coca-Cola and 83% of those sold by Pepsi were sugar-free. Well, in July, the World Health Organization sowed terror in the diet soft drink industry by issuing new draft guidelines on non-sugar sweeteners. Researchers for the WHO uh, conducted a vast new review of the scientific evidence examining hundreds of studies on the effects of sweeteners on humans. What they found was startling. Contrary to the claims so often made for them, the researchers found consistent evidence that consuming a lot of sweeteners was associated with an increased risk of type 2 diabetes. Similarly, when it came to weight, they found that people who consumed a lot of sweeteners were more likely to gain weight over the long term. Now, joining me now to discuss artificial sweeteners is Danny Renouf, dietitian at St. Paul's Hospital. Danny, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Jazz. It's a pleasure. Uh, and now I got to admit to you before we uh, start this conversation, uh, I generally don't have any sugar in in my coffee. But uh, there was a time where I was uh, using sweeteners, uh, but my wife convinced me that it's not the right way to go either, and so okay. I took her advice. But uh, but I think it's a good conversation to have because I was recently reading an article in the Guardian and uh, fascinating information in regards to the sweetener business. Uh, and the sugar business as well. So let's talk first and foremost. Are sweeteners okay to use instead of sugar? So I just want to make a distinction, right? We've got the the, uh, artificial sweeteners, and then we've got so aspartame and saccharin um, being two of the main ones, um, and sucralose is another one. Um, And then we've got the naturally occurring ones, such as stevia and monk fruit. Sugar. I'm talking really when I say artificial sweeteners about those chemically modified ones, so the aspartame, the saccharin, and uh, the sucralose. Mm-hmm. And it's not that, you know, anything, there's nothing bad or good about food, right? It's really about the use, like what is the purpose of using an artificial sweetener? And I think people have been led to believe, you know, I will lose weight, I'll have better diabetes control, right? I'll be not using sugar, so that's better. I'll be lowering my sugar intake overall. So people have been operating under this assumption that if I just switch to an artificial sweetener, I'm being healthier, doing the healthier thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people rely on beverages that are artificially sweetened. And so I, I want to really tap into portion control. I want to tap into um, really understanding um, the usage and when we should use these sweeteners. Um, so the, the science is really showing that artificial sweeteners in high amounts, right? Like if we use them often, they're in our everyday life, they're in so many products that we buy. And if we buy more processed products, believe me, you're getting more artificial sweetening. Um, then we, I think we need to pause and think about the negative impact of having artificial sweeteners in so many of our foods. And the main one is that artificial sweeteners impact the gut health, the microbiome. So all the good bacteria in our gut we're realizing now through the research that, that artificial sweeteners can actually disrupt that system in our gut. And so previously, we thought that there was no problem, no effect, no negative effect, and we're seeing this negative effect happening. And so here's someone with diabetes trying to protect their blood sugars, but in fact, 
their microbiome is getting disrupted. A disrupted microbiome means that people are at higher risk for heart disease, for diabetes, for other health complications long term. Mm-hmm. So if we're using artificial sweeteners in larger amounts, yes, we need to stop, pause, and think about the purpose of why we're using these. Uh, you, you said in uh, your comments earlier, uh, uh, I think you alluded to the World Health Organization in their own uh, comments on sweeteners, basically saying their new research or research they've, they've uh, certainly looked at, that it, it, it contrary to what the in- industry has been saying, it does increase the risk of type 2 diabetes. It, uh, prolonged use of sweeteners can impact your dental health over the long term. Uh, as well, and even long-term use uh, when it comes to um, one of the things they've always said is that it's it's great for your diet if you're trying to lose weight, but even long-term use of sweeteners can also uh, lead to weight gain as well. So it's it's contradictory to everything that the sweetening sweetener industry has been telling us. Absolutely, and you know what? Research builds on itself. As a consumer, you really need to be a skeptic. You have to check your facts, and online information is always changing. Some of it is not reliable. This is all changing research, right? Before, we didn't have research on artificial sweeteners. There was room to make claims, um, you know, from a business standpoint and an industry standpoint. There has now been a good amount of research that's showing, you know, the negative side of um, artificial sweeteners. So now the statements are changing again. I know that puts us all in a tailspin as consumers, but it's really important. And I love that you tapped into the weight loss Um, concept of using, you know, diet beverages uh, to lose weight. This is so problematic from a nutrition standpoint, because people will use these diet colas or diet beverages or unsweetened, you know, artificially sweetened beverages to to actually lose weight. Um, They're thinking, well, I'll replace the sugar beverage with this diet soda. In fact, any beverage other than water can displace nutritious food. None of these beverages contain any type of nutrition. They're devoid of nutrition, of quality. Therefore, people are filling up on these. They may restrict help, you know, they may help restrict their intake, but then they're overeating later because they've basically starved themselves and just been using these diet beverages to quench their thirst and hunger. So it's very important. Again, we talk about usage. It's not appropriate to use these beverages as a weight loss mechanism. The best strategies for weight loss are ones we can sustain. It involves having a supportive healthcare team, and it really involves helping heal that microbiome. So eating more fiber-containing foods, eating more fruits, vegetables, whole grains, plant-based proteins like beans, lentils, tofu. These are very, very important foods that have a medicinal effect on our microbiome and help heal that microbiome, prevent diseases downstream. I think that's an important consideration because we need to look at the big picture of weight management um, and making sure people are nourished rather than restricted. I guess, Danny, part of the reason we've gotten here in regards to our, maybe an addiction is the right word, but our usage of sweeteners is that many governments, uh, certainly in the Western world, uh, started uh, taxing the sugar industry. There were sugar taxes for for soft drinks and that sort of thing. And I was looking at some of the numbers. By 2019, they had said 60% of all the soft drinks sold by Coca-Cola and 83% of those sold by Pepsi uh, were now 
being marketed as sugar-free, which of course means they're using sweeteners. Uh, and in many cases, even those energy drinks uh, that we uh, see at our saw, at our supermarkets are marketed as sugar-free. But once again, they're back to using those sweeteners as well. I guess that's one of the reasons why we've, we've become... Uh, we've been using these sweeteners so much, they become so prevalent. It's been a marketing exercise too. Absolutely. You know, I think, again, when something is in a package, us as consumers, we need to question, do we need this thing in a package? Okay. Can we simplify? Can we use a reusable bottle filled with water and throw in some pieces of fruit? Can we drink tea instead of using these already prefabricated beverages? Remember, they're replacing food, right? Nutritious food. So if you want more energy, if you want to feel better, if you want to go to that next level, you know, towards optimizing your health, you need to think about whole foods first. That's got to be paramount. If, if your cupboard is full of packaged and processed foods, is there a way you could simplify? And this doesn't have to cost you more. We're paying so much money for packaged products. Um, we're paying money for ingredients we don't want. So again, I encourage people to look at labels, read the labels, you know what to look for with artificial sweeteners, and try to simplify your beverages. I think this is an important piece that we have equated with health, and we we should not have equations that it's this one food that's going to make us healthier. If I reduce sugar, I'm going to be healthier. It doesn't work like that. You have to look at a holistic approach to nutrition and health. And marketing taps into that, right? They tap into like, this is your magic bullet. If you just make the swap, everything will go away. And it's more complicated than that. I know nations uh, like even uh, Mexico uh, in 2020, where I was reading, um, are now labeling food and drink uh, containing sweeteners with a with a black warning sign saying containing sweeteners are n- and not recommended for children. So it's kind of like uh, mm-hmm. cigarette labeling. But what I, what I find interesting is the impact of sweeteners on children. Uh, there was a study done uh, in the U- in, in Canada here that children whose mothers drank diet soda every day while pregnant were more than twice as likely to be overweight by the age of one. There was also analysis that pregnant women who cons- consumed a lot of sweeteners had a 25% higher risk of preterm birth. Uh, yet when you look at the supermarket, kids wanting to buy a monster drink or a Gatorade or, or a prime drink, which is I think the, 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 the drink to have based on my 13-year-old's uh, <laughs> Uh, comments to me, uh, all of them uh, have that sweetener. There is an addiction at its core when it comes to children that they they uh, become focused upon or develop a palate for having sweetness all the time in their drinks or their food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think this is where you and I as parents can just start small. These can be grassroots you know, initiatives that we do so so that we educate our children about the importance of food and the real sugar that is found in food. I hear all the time people saying, well, I have to restrict fruit because it's very high in sugar. I can't eat dried fruit because it's too sweet. I challenge that because you're getting so much more nutrition from natural sources of sugar than you are from Gatorade. And I see kids drinking these very large bottles of Gatorade and other, you know, uh, beverages uh, similar to it. And, you know, that's filling them up. That's taking up space in their bellies. They need that space for nutritious food. Start with your own children, if you're listening now, and just kind of speak to them, you know, instead of punishing them for choosing Gatorade, Speak to them about the importance of real food and ask them to really tap into how 
these uh, beverages are affecting them and interfering with their sport performance, interfering with all sorts of things. Really, the only time Gatorade um, is useful um, is if you're doing very, very, you know, intense ultra marathoning. At that point, you can pretty much eat anything. But if you're a kid who's active, Gatorade is not doing anything for you. And so there's many other nutritious snacks that are going to elevate your health, make you feel better, and um, not get in the way of nutritious eating. Do you think, um, as a dietitian and perhaps more as a mom, uh, that we should start labeling sweeteners or any, any product that has sweeteners, much like we have warning labels for cigarettes or, 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 or other products? Should we go there as, as a country? That is a really um, interesting question. I, I'm of the frame of mind that we cannot villainize food. I think that's so important. I think what we really need to do is give people the power back to make really good decisions for their health. And I think that comes through being educated ourselves, making sure we go to the right sources to get our information, and then to start conversations within our social groups within our communities around how can we connect again with real food. The grocery store, unfortunately, today is not what real food is anymore. It's really, really difficult to navigate. I still do believe if you shop around the perimeter of the store, you're safe. Once you go down the aisles, it becomes a bit more tricky and you have to label read. But, you know, I think uh, stamping something as a villainous product or a black label or anything, I, I just... I'm not sure that's really tapping into the root of our, um, our needs, and our needs are to, to get proper education so we can make good decisions. Well, Danny, it's a fascinating topic. Really appreciate um, your thoughtful comments on this issue today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. A pleasure.